Earth 2, a world much like our own, yet slightly different. There, young and old have banded together to battle evil. They are the heroes of World War II, as well as their sons and daughters, protégés and godchildren. Two True Freaks presents The Tales of the Justice Society of America! Welcome back to the Tales of the Justice Society of America. This is episode 75. Yes, it is. I am Scott Gardner, and I am joined once again by my buddy, Michael Bailey. Hey, everybody. And, man, I don't know about you, but, you know, not only is podcasting a, a, a hard gig sometimes, but... This show in particular is just doing a number on me because, man, I feel like I have aged a year since last episode. Yeah, it's, it, God, it's just, uh, man, I mean, it's just, it, it's been what, um, 13 months? <laughs> I think. You know, well, because the Whoops. thing is, <laughs> I mean, we did this once before. Uh, where we went away for a little while and we came back and we apologized up and down. Uh, I think once you do that twice, you don't get to do that anymore. Right. <laughs> you you have exceeded your credits on on basically saying, oh, we're really sorry. Because, you know, it's, it's not like Scott and I, despite what the tabloids have said, we have not had a falling out. Uh, Scott does not hate me and I don't think he's an alien. No. Oh, yeah, no, no, you're no, you're right. Yeah, no, yeah, right. Okay, now I hate you. <laughs> but But it's just one of those things where, you know, you know, it sounds trite and it sounds, you know, cliched, but Jesus, real life just caught us in the nads. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, because I had changed stores. Uh, I currently work for Office Depot. Don't know how that's going to go after G- July when the merger with Office Max is official. Uh, probably still have a job. I just don't know who I'll be working for. Um, which isn't scary at all. Let me tell you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was just. I wasn't going to say it, but I was thinking. I was like, "Ooh, that sounds." Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's just one of those things where they announced it. And they're like, "We have no information," and I'm like, "Well, that's really thank you." Um, <laughs> But I went from one store to another, and for those of you who, who have never worked retail... Uh, I hate if, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, even if you work for one company, and let's say you work for Home Depot, if you move from Home Depot in Wobegon uh, to another one in, like, Lake Mattawa or wherever... There, it's it's like it's like moving worlds almost because every store has their own vibe, every store has their own clientele, and every store has their own structure. And since I'm in management, which isn't as glamorous as it sounds, let me tell you. Uh, and since I'm in management, that means that you're you're doubly f- 
because if your manager wants your schedule to be a certain way, not a whole lot you can do about that unless you right. complain. And let me tell you how well it goes when you're in management that you complain about upper management. <laughs> um, doesn't go well at all, by the way, because uh, there's this the perception is once you've made it to management, you've got to suck it up and take whatever abuse they heap on you. So my schedule shifted completely. Whereas before I had like kind of a more, you know, like varied schedule to where now I'm closing all the time. And then Scott's schedule got really weird and it's just, we couldn't meet up, but we decided about a month ago from the time, I mean, I don't know, I don't know when this episode's coming out, but from, from the month ago from when we decided to record this one, like two or three weeks ago, Scott and I finally threw the gauntlet down and said, we're getting the show back on the, uh, on yep. the, uh, in, into production and getting things out there. I edited the episode that we had been sitting on for a year. Uh, we have changed the format slightly just because to make things kind of easier for us and to get you a show on a weekly basis. Right. So from now on, uh, I don't know if you had anything for this, Scott, if you wanted to take a lead on this or, or not. Uh, it's all news to me, too, so go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no, go ahead. I, I, I think we're on the same page with this. Uh, basically, one episode is going to be All-Star, and then we're going to jump into the DeLorean, go 88 miles an hour. The flux capacitor is fluxing. fluxing. Um, and we're going to jump to, to Infinity Incorporated, and we'll either go back to All-Star in the next one and kind of switch off, or sometimes, as will happen in a couple weeks, we're going to have a special episode where we're covering something we have always talked about covering that has something to do with the subject matter we're talking about. Right. Uh, we are still planning on covering Crisis on Infinite Earths when that comes around. Uh, we are, comic book-wise, le month-wise, less than a year away from that. And right. we had been doing uh, what we called the crisis counseling episodes, which I thought were great. But we realized when we were coming back, it's like, Jesus, we're, we're spending all this time talking about an issue where the monitor appears in it for like three panels. Right. And that shark one nearly broke us, I think, because uh, it was just so bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't like that issue. So we're kind of folding the crisis counseling into the Infinity Incorporated episodes. Right. To kind of mention where the monitor is at the time that we're talking about. But trust us, folks, when Crisis hits, it's on. Full-on coverage of everything. So, Scott and I, that's that's the main, I think the main reason we both decided to start doing this again. Because <laughs> we really, because, you know, I, I, after doing uh, The Death of Superman, I decided, hey, let, let me do something else that's that, that is that intense. Epic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because that didn't exhaust me at all. <laughs> well, this way, too, we'll be able to do it at a, at a slightly more relaxed pace. Because mm -hmm. before, it would have been essentially weekly coverage, you know, mm -hmm. of, of the crisis. Now, we get to break it up a little bit finer than, than we I think we were originally planning. Which, yes, we'll spread it out more than... Uh, I think we had originally planned to do, but we should probably spread it out anyway, because for one, that should uh, you know facilitate better coverage. Mm 
mm-hmm. but also it should facilitate us not just burning out and, and truly having the time that we're going to need to to delve into these and and make them what we've always envisioned in our in our minds that that we wanted them to be. So because I think that, it's a good plan. That is a series that deserves the best of the best. Mm hmm. You really need to take your time with it and go over with it. And, you know, Scott and I have an end game in mind uh, for that that we will reveal in the final episode. Um, so that should be fun. Exactly. No, I, th- I, I, I think it's a good game plan. I think it works. But more than anything, I'm excited because it gets us back doing Tales. So it's what everybody keeps asking us for and won't shut up about. So here we are. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know what? I thought that the further we would get from it, that people would just forget about the show. And I don't think a week goes by that I don't get at least one message. <laughs> That's because I keep deflecting them all to you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I I don't appreciate that at all. What am I saying? No, um, I, I you know, it, it'll either be like somebody sending me a message, asking me one question, and then they'll slip in when his tail's coming back. Right. Or they'll be commenting on something that I posted, and then it's just like, oh, by the way, when his tail's coming back. And then there's the person that kidnapped my wife and uh, <laughs> held her hostage. And, uh, you know, I had to call them and tell them I don't know who they are. I don't care what they want. If they want money... You know, it's it's you know they're they're kind of a lost cause because I don't have any. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills, skills that would make me a nightmare for people like them. So if they let my wife go now, everything's fine. I will not look for them. I will not hunt them. But if they don't let her go, I will find them, and I will kill them. Oh, I'm sorry. No, wait. I saw Taken the other day. <laughs> That was my ah. Oh, I always I always confuse myself with Liam Neeson, which I know depresses the shit out of you. I was just gonna say you're a much better actor though. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I know you don't, but I, I do. I can't help it. So, <laughs> so are we ready to dive right back into the All Star Squadron? I think we are ready. Well, I have the uh, I have the honors this time out because you drew the short straw on the Infinity Incorporated synopsis this time. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> but uh, we have a very, to me, a very special issue, and I'll get get to that in my notes. Um, oh, did somebody I, get touched in this? I missed that part. So, <laughs> show me on my Baron Blitzkrieg action figure where <laughs> our man touched you. Um, <laughs> No, we have All-Star Squadron number 35, which has a beautiful cover by Hoberg and Ordway of Baron Blitzkrieg and Our Man fighting as Uncle Sam, Phantom Lady, uh, Black Condor, the Ray, and I love how Birdman is in this special, like, contraption that looks like he has two mouse traps on his arms. Uh, it says, it had to happen. Our Man versus Baron Blitzkrieg, because in this issue... An all-star dies. This is issue number 35, cover date July 1984, released on April 24th, 1984. Writer-editor Roy Thomas, penciled by Rick Hoberg, inked by Phil, I mean Bill Collins. Insert your own Susudio joke here. <laughs> I was just going to say Susudio. <laughs> uh, Cody was the letterer, Gene D'Angelo was the colorist. Things, well, are not going well, especially for the Spectre. 
who is like having the worst day ever. He has the whole world in his hands. He has two whole worlds in his hands. He has two worlds in his hands. The fate of two worlds are in his hands. On one of those worlds, Baron Blitzkrieg has our man by one hand and is Siegheiling with the other. On the other Earth, Tsunami is ready to lay a wave smackdown on Liberty Bell and Johnny Quick. Before she can do that, Starman hits her with his gravity rod. I figured they'd be chuckling there. And forces her retreat. Fireman checks on Johnny Quick and Bell, and Johnny acts like a petulant teenager when he finds out that Bell has bailed him out of the trouble he was in last issue. Johnny refuses a ride home and flies off on his own. Bell and Firebrand talk about what a jackass Johnny was for being was being before Bell accepts a ride from the fiery hero. Meanwhile, Tsunami decides that her best of cor- best course of action is to cause an even bigger wave, but Neptune Perkins puts a stop to that. Tsunami proves that she is a master of Taekwon Leap and gives Perkins a boot to the head. <laughs> They fight, she escapes, attacks again, and things look really bad for Perkins. Not the restaurant, which I kind of miss. Speaking of looking bad, Belle is reunited with Rick, and is pretty quick to tell him the, to tell, him no, tell her no lies and keep his hands to himself. <laughs> the romantic tension is interrupted by a weird light show in the sky, which is the manifestation of the two Earths almost crashing together. As we said, the Spectre is doing his best to keep this from happening, but things aren't looking good. And what's worse, even though he knows what is causing the problem, there isn't a blessed thing he can do about it. Meanwhile, on one of the Channel Islands off of Santa Barbara, the place, not the TV show, Baron Blitzkrieg is monologuing to Uncle Sam, Phantom Lady, Black Condor, the Ray, the Human Bomb, and Our Man about how awesome the Axis powers are and what hap- happened to him after the events of All Star Squadron Number Nine. Blitzkrieg's hetero life mate Zwerg, or however you pronounce that. <laughs> spirited him back to Berlin, but much like the goggles in that Radioactive Man episode of The Simpsons, you know, the one where the they, they're filming the movie and the guy's like, the goggles, they do nothing. Well, yeah, getting Baron Blitzkrieg back to Berlin had about the same effect. Then, just hours ago, he somehow sensed the energies Uncle Sam was using to travel between dimensions. And on impulse, he harnessed his body's full energy patched into that surge, and shazam, he went from one Berlin to another. Not only that, on the other world, he could see again, which was awesome. What wasn't awesome was the fact that heroes from Earth 2 were on that world, so Baron decided to put a stop to that. Blitzkrieg would have followed Midnight and Dollman back to Earth 2, but he was all scared of losing his sight again, so he mentally contacted Zwerg, and authorized all manner of sabotage to keep the heroes of Earth-2 occupied, lest they try to come to Earth-X and start some shit. Besides, Blitzkrieg had better fish to fry, as the Japanese were holding our man in an effort to find out how his steroids, I mean, Miraclo pills, work. (laughs) Our man insists that he altered the Miraclo formula, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, who cares, uh, And months ago, and it won't work on anyone but him, and then he starts to shake like a junkie. Blitzkrieg calls him on this and reveals that his intention is to crack the Miraclo formula and use it on himself to crack open, I use the word crack twice for some reason, his body's full latent abilities. 
in a sense, the Baron wants to create the flag serum from the terrible 1979 Captain America pilot. Awesome. Full latent ability game. (laughs) God, that movie sucked. (laughs) I would... Oh my god, I would love to see Baron Blitzkrieg on a motorcycle, though. (laughs) Our man starts going on and on about how he's been working on using blacklight technology to enhance his powers. And not not just so he can use it to look at the cool posters he bought at Spencer's. I was just going to say the same thing. (laughs) He was also using it to enhance his Led Zeppelin posters. Yeah, while listening to the dark side of the moon over and over again (laughs) in his dorm room. But to use his awesome Our Man powers. This trips something in Phantom Lady, but Blitzkrieg has other ideas for her. Ideas he doesn't get too far uh, to go for, because suddenly he is hit behind by a hero Blitzkrieg had not counted on. A hero that wants to save the day. That hero is... Red B. As you might imagine, this doesn't go well. For the Red B. <laughs> like at all. Holy crap, does he get a red ass beat down from Baron Blitzkrieg? Finally, Blitzkrieg foresees the creation of Bane because he lifts B into the air and slams him down on some rubble, which breaks his back. As this is happening, the heroes work together to hit our man with Phantom Lady's blacklight which powers him up, and with a hail and hearty, no! (laughs) Our man breaks free of his chains and proceeds to get his ass handed to him by Baron Blitzkrieg. (laughs) For those keeping the score at home, that's Baron Blitzkrieg 2, our heroes, zero. At this point, Uncle Sam has had quite enough of Baron Blitzkrieg shit. Breaks free from his chains and beats the ever-loving piss out of the Nazi supervillain. Suddenly, the Baron's Nazi backup arrives and a fierce battle breaks out. The Baron escapes, but surprisingly, that is the least of the hero's worries. The Spectre's head appears, tells the heroes that a group of them have only seconds to head back to their home Earth or some bad Mojo Jojo is going to happen. But there's a hitch. Three of them have to stay there. After some debate, Uncle Sam, the Ray, and Black Condor opt to stay behind, though Phantom Lady swears that one day, Dollman, she, and the Human Bob will return because, you know, that series was already published. <laughs> right. <laughs> Elsewhere, Neptune Perkins breaks free of Tsunami's grip, but manages to escape. The Baron returns to his own Earth, but finds himself blind. Blind again! The All-Stars try to grab him, but he uses his flashy powers of awesomeness to escape. Liberty Bell and Johnny are all weird around each other until Firebrand lets him know that Bell has the hots for him, and they kiss. The Human Bomb, Our Man, Doll Man, and Phantom Lady appear. Explanations are made, and the Spectre tries to convince us that the death of the Red Bee was a tragedy. But you know what? No one really buys that. <laughs> Next issue, Captain Marvel. The first, the foremost, the original. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was almost like, can we just cut to that one? But I forgot <laughs> how awesome the fight scene between Uncle Sam and Baron Blitzkrieg is. <laughs> oh, dude, I like this issue. I like oh, yeah, this I mean, issue it's, a whole lot. 
Uh, going into the notes, because remember, folks, the All-Star Companion Volume 2 covered this uh, uh-huh. this issue, as well as all the other issues we were discussing. Notes. Liberty Bell breaks free of an embrace by Rick Cannon, her boyfriend in the Boy Commando Star Spangled series, and at issue's ends, and she and Johnny Quick kiss for the first time. More is revealed, as we mentioned, about Our Man's Miraclo addiction. Though Dollman, Phantom Lady, and Human Bomb return to Earth 2 with Our Man, they are destined to come back to Earth X and join Uncle Sam's Freedom Fighters, who, after the events of Justice League of America, number 107 to 108, 1973, had their own DC comic from 1976 to 1978. And that's pretty much it. I mean, they have some, like, pictures and stuff here, but it really has nothing nothing really worth mentioning, because it's all visual, and that's kind of bad in an audio medium. So... (laughs) So I'm turning it over to Scott to tell us what he uh, what he thinks of this issue. I like this one. Um, I'm just going to go front to back here. Um, I think this is a good cover, although it's not one of my favorite covers. There's always been something a little weird about it, and I can't quite place it. I think it's it largely comes down to the coloring, uh, but I like it. It's a good cover. It's by uh, Rick Hoberg and uh, Jerry Ordway. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, I think I, I think there's you know the art itself is fine. I think the the layout design is fine. I think it just comes down to something with the coloring. Um, maybe it's the all purple brick or something. I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, too much well, yellow. Too much lavender or something. Baron Blitzkrieg costume is off. His his cape is too pink. Yeah. Uh, though it's kind of pink in the comic, and I guess that just kind of proves that the color scheme of his costume is. A, Apparently, not only is he blind, he was colorblind. Colorblind, that, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was struggling to remember, did I know who the all-star was who was going to die? Because I think it's yeah, right here on the cover in bold print, in this issue, an all-star dies. I think I knew who it was, but I don't remember for sure if I knew who it was. Plus... They kind of messed with this a little bit last issue because it kind of looked like the Red Bee had perished in the prior issue. Because when he pops up in this, I think it's the Baron that says something like, Oh, I thought you were dead last issue, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, but I no, completely he... forgot about you because you are a waste of space. <laughs> but he uh, yeah, he does, uh, he does buy it for real um, in this particular one. I think the opening splash is really, really awesome. But then you turn the page, and it's really, 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 really awesome because that double-page splash of uh, the Spectre holding apart the two Earths is just awesome. And it's cool because you've got the one Earth that is, uh, you know, that's showing basically what we just saw. Actually, I think it is the exact image. I think it, now that I flip back and forth, I think that that image is actually swiped. The one of the uh, his eyes are uh, Baron Blitzkrieg's eyes are a little different because it looks like now he's looking over towards Our Man. You're right, uh, but no, Our Man looks pretty much completely the same. Yep, his skin is a little bit darker, like <laughs> like the blood's drained out of him or something. But yeah, he's uh, there are they're being represented in one Earth. And then the other Earth is uh, being representative of the scene of uh, Tsunami whipping up the wave to uh, crush Liberty Bell and Johnny Quick. And it's essentially the cover of Last Issue, which is really cool. 
Um, it just bears repeating. Tsunami sucks. <laughs> she does kind of get better, I guess, sort of, maybe, kind of. But oh, once yeah, we get point, into uh, once we get into young all stars, I think she uh, she picks up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I like her better in that series. Um, page six, underwater fighting never works for me. It always bugs the hell out of me because you can't really fight anybody underwater. I don't care how super strong you are. It's just the nature of fluid and water and stuff that you can't really punch and kick and belt somebody. It's it's more of it'd be more of a dance or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's just it bugs me. I I never like that trope of of comics. Uh, let's see. Page seven. So after all this crap, we finally get Libby and uh, and Rick, her boyfriend Rick, reunited. And he starts to put the moves on her, and she's like, ah, no, get, get off of me. And I'm like, wait, I thought she was all horny for this dude. What is this shit? You know, so not only is she playing with Rick, not only is she playing with Johnny, she's playing with us, the readers, too. It's like, all right, make up your mind already. Because didn't she give Johnny, like, a whole thing last issue about you know well you know i kind of like you and all but you know i'm sworn to this other guy and he really does it for i don't know it's just maybe i'm remembering it wrong but i i don't know it seems like a year since i've read wait, wait a second <laughs> um i love the art in this story i really do i think it's fantastic particularly the inking but i did have a couple of quibbles with it for one it's a little stiff Mm-hmm. That and Uncle Sam bugs me because Uncle Sam doesn't look old. He just looks like a young guy, especially you look at the bottom of page nine, that last panel on page nine. He looks like a young man, maybe even like an like a, a late teen Superboy mm-hmm. with white hair and a goatee, you know, not even a goatee, but a whatever you call that. The, no, that would be considered a goatee. Is that a goatee? Yeah. So, yeah, he just looks a little bit awkward because he, he does. He looks like an old man, excuse me, a young man, rather, playing Uncle Sam rather than a, a truly old man, like I, I think he's supposed to be. So Roy Thomas foresaw the coming of the WB? <laughs> where it has to yeah, be there you go. People. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, page 11. I just love that panel of uh, old-timey Batman socking. Is that supposed <laughs> to be the Joker? Um, no, it's some, uh, it's a saboteur. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, Uh, he's, it looks like he just punched him in the throat. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It's really cool. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Page 12, panel three. Yes, page, page 12, panel three, the close up of, uh, our man sweating it out. I just love that. That's a great piece of art. I really, really like that. And the last panel on that page, which is all the all-stars all chained up and everything. And then uh, our man striking a dramatic pose. He's chained too, but whereas they're all chained up with the chains above their heads so that they've got to stand there with their hands over their heads, he's actually chained to the floor. And so he's able to actually strike a dramatic pose, and it's I love that. That's a great panel, really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, I also like the uh, last panel of the next page of page um, thirteen, 
with the red bee charging in and attacking. He looks really cool. His face is a little bit strange. He actually looks kind of kind of like a woman in that panel. It's weird. He kind of looks like Ma Hunkle or something. In <laughs> um, but I, I like that. I like this part where, despite his lack of awesomeness, you know, he does the right thing. He charges in, tries to save his friends. Doesn't really work out for him, but he tries. Page 15 is top to bottom awesome, where the All-Stars are forced to watch Baron Blitzkrieg beat their friend to death. Because this is pretty, I mean, it's brutal. I mean, yeah, the Red Bee sucks, but nobody deserves to die like this. I mean, he just gets the shit kicked out of him to a point where, yeah, like you say, you know, Baron Blitzkrieg picks him up, Bane style, slams him down on, I think it's a crate or something. I don't know, maybe it's a rock. I don't know, something. And breaks his back and his liver and his spleen and, ugh, it's nasty. And, of course, yeah, I really like the uh, Darth Vader, no, there with uh, Our Man busting loose. What's really cool is that scene's mirrored just a couple of pages later in probably my single favorite panel of the entire book, First panel, page 17, where Uncle Sam just gets pissed. And he busts his chains, too. And that's great, because you get the the flag waving in the background. And, it, you know, the entire panel is red, white, and blue of Sam just, uh, just busting loose. And uh, he just lays into the Baron, which is great. Really, really great. I love that. I was confused by the end of this issue because, yes, I had read this before, but I guess I just didn't remember it very clearly. I'm a little lost here. Why didn't the full Freedom Fighters team stay behind? Why was it only these three when we know damn well all of them stayed there? We knew that, like you said, because the the prior series has already been published. So that's Uh established continuity. So I was a little bit confused by this, and what makes it doubly worse, not to spoil too much ahead, but maybe Roy Thomas intended to tell that tale at some point. How did uh, Phantom Lady and the others get back to Earth-X, and and how does continuity mesh up with the original series? Unfortunately, that's never going to happen now. Because also, the crisis uh, looms in in our future, you know. Pretty soon, we're going to see more of Phantom Lady, and he may have wanted to use these characters down the road. So he leaves the three that he really doesn't have any plans for. Ah, and like you said, probably are always intended, you know, because he, you know, his plans for this went beyond the crisis, and then that just kind of screwed him over, right? So that probably had something to do with it. Uh, last thought for this one. Don't laugh, but poor Red B. Um, what's cool, though? Yes, he's dead. Yes, he's really, 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 really dead. But we haven't seen or heard the last from the Red B. Um, way on down the line, he, uh, he makes an appearance dead and everything in uh, James Robinson's Starman. And it was actually one of, my, uh, one of my more favorite issues of that series. So it'll take us forever to get there, but I'm looking forward to it when we do uh, eventually cover that. That's pretty uh, much all I got. All righty. Like you, I love this cover. I actually 
I remember reading this book back in the very, very early days of me collecting comics. Uh, when I was in the seventh grade, there was a, a kid in the neighborhood that also collected comics. And I remember I got this and like two other books from him. I traded something. Uh, and he just had this random issue of All-Star Squadron. And I read it like over and over and over again. And when we discussed, you know, the ads, you know, that, that's one of the things that I remember about this one actually is all the really cool looking ads it has. But I was just kind of fascinated with this other Earth. I didn't know any who any of these characters were. You know, <laughs> I I knew who was on the Super Friends at the time. And, you know, was slowly starting to expand my horizons thanks to Who's Who. But I always liked this guy, Baron Blitzkrieg. I liked Our Man. I liked the artwork. And I think it played really into later me uh, becoming kind of fascinated with this series. Like you, um, really like the splash page. Um, it's a very dramatic pose of Baron Blitzkrieg going, Hi, Hitler! Mm-hmm. As uh, Our Man just kind of hangs there like a rag doll. And the rest of the guys are being brought in behind him. Like you, I like the, you know, you pretty much covered all my notes for pages two and three. I mean, it's just a beautiful shot of the two Earths as we're getting kind of a magnified view of what's going on in them. Like seeing Starman, even though he was there for like five minutes to basically knock out Tsunami and then leave. Right. Well, he, he serves some kind of purpose. I think I like Tsunami in this a little better than you do. Uh, Johnny's a real jackass on page five i mean uh the, the artwork's fantastic especially firebrand looks gorgeous actually mm-hmm. uh but it's just like look lady nobody asked you to play nursemaid did they surprise you had time with your boyfriend from g2 back on terra firma and i don't need any help getting back there myself that's uh get over it i'm sorry she g- <laughs> i'm sorry she gave up on you but uh that's gonna work out for you just fine like you I was a little surprised by her by Liberty Bell's behavior on page seven because it looks like he's just going there to hug her and she's like, Hold it, Rick. This is no time for spooning. <laughs> but but I thought we two are an item. Matter of fact, so did I, but now I'm not so sure about anything and then that's when she's distracted. She really looks like Veronica Lake on this page. <laughs> the actress Liberty Bell was uh, was based on. Page eight, I love the look on the Spectre's face as he's holding the two Earths. <laughs> Max is like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't where, know what's... <laughs> where will you be when your diarrhea medicine wears off? <laughs> <laughs> um, page ten, I, I think I realized most of the problem with Baron Blitzkrieg is that his face was completely charcoaled out. Um, oh yeah I, it, just, it just looks really weird because they're trying not to show how scarred and messed up he is but let me, let me ask you something we try I think most of the time to really see the best in, in the books that we're reading because we love this series and we love these characters mm-hmm. but it seems like Baron Blitzkrieg's entire end of being in this story is I just happen to you know I just happened to sense Uncle Sam, and I thought about it really hard, and suddenly I was on another Earth. And that seems like a little too convenient. Not uh, only is it too convenient, but... See, I don't want this to sound 
like a like a harsh criticism or or like some mean spirited commentary or something, but I I just I gotta call a spade a spade. I, I think this is Roy Thomas. He did the same kind of thing in the Avengers. You know, you read something like the um the Mantis saga and holy cow, is that full of stuff like this? It's not necessarily bad. No, it's I mean just I'm- he's got a story to tell and he I don't think he really sweats the 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 small stuff. He leaves it to you know to others to uh, you know go back and pour through it and go wait a minute, you know, and and find things like what you're pointing out, you know that it's man it's awfully damn convenient that this led directly into that and that this guy just happened to show up there and that sort of thing. It's not bad. It's just one of those things that's like, you know, like you say, you go back over it with a fine-tooth comb and you're like, oh, wait a minute, okay. And this isn't quite the finely detailed, you know, well-thought-out thing. It's more a series of events strewn together with with loose um, coincidences type of thing. But that that's fine. I, I, can, I can go along with a gag. Okay. On a similar note, page 11... So he just shows up in this other Germany and they accept him? I thought about, yeah, I thought about that, too. They'd be like, and, what? And I'm sure there's a story there and he probably had to kick somebody's ass to, you know, like like some commandant mouthed off to him and he burned him to death with his heat vision. And, he, and they're like, oh, okay, we can pay attention to you. But it just seems like, I mean, you, we don't have a lot of time to get here. You know, right, yeah. You could have told the story, you know, you could do like an entire special on Baron Blitzkrieg and the other earth. And they could probably, they would probably do that today, but right. uh, it's just to me, I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with it because the story is so enjoyable. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I agree with you about page 12. The art there is great. It does kind of look like power. Our man is flexing to impress the camera. Yeah. A little bit there. It's like, Oh, we're, we're, we're posing for our album cover. <laughs> It does look like an album cover, too. So, um, not that that's a bad thing. Uh, you know, I... Like you, I made fun of the Red Bee, but it was kind of a very dramatic death. The, um... The fight over pages 14 and 15... There's a movie, uh, that came out a couple years ago that was called Never Back Down. Uh, it was the totally original idea of a guy moving to a new area running afoul of somebody that knows karate, learning karate, and then beating that guy up. Because that movie has never been done before. I think uh, that was the plot of E.T. <laughs> it would have been me. <laughs> E.T. teaching Elliot how to kick ass. Uh, <laughs> crane kick. <laughs> um, but there's a scene in that where the bad guy, uh, to kind of push the hero into fighting because he was just like, I'm not going to fight anymore. He basically takes a friend of theirs, a mutual friend of theirs and puts him in the hospital. And the scene where that happens, they show him beating this guy. And it almost felt like watching a rape scene because it was, it was that emotionally upsetting actually that he was just, just savagely beating on the, on this person. And that's kind of what this, scene felt like because yeah 
the shot on page 14 of that one panel of him punching the red bee looks a little silly. On page 15, that third panel where he's holding him down and that other fist is up and that's obviously blood. I mean, I'm just like, holy crap. Right, yeah. And and the look on everybody's face, it's such a... For such a violent scene, it's beautifully rendered because you have the reactions of all of the different uh, freedom fighters watching this and just not being able to do anything about it. Our man does his best. But really, I mean, you know what I heard when I saw, when I turned the page and read that first panel on page 17? I actually heard the Captain America theme from the more recent film. (laughs) I really did. I was just like, wow. And he just, I mean, it's just, this is what you wanted to see. Yeah, it would have been cool to see Our Man fight Baron Blitzkrieg and win. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see the Red Bee manage to overcome the odds and, and, and defeat the, the more powerful foe. No, no. You want the spirit of America to knock the Nazi guy around. Right. I mean, it's just, and, and it just, I think this is something that not a lot of writers from around this time period really got that, you know, to me, Uncle Sam should be a total ass kicker. Mm -hmm. He he shouldn't just be standing there, you know, like, you know, espousing philosophy. He should be in there getting his his hands dirty. And we get to see that here. And the only reason the Baron Blitzkrieg, I think, is alive is because the Nazis come and bail him out. (laughs) Because Uncle Sam looked like, wow, I am about to beat you into submission. So he does look like he he may be fully prepared to take Blitz uh, Blitzkrieg out, especially that uh, fifth panel on page seventeen. He looks like he's holding him in such a way that he's prepared to just twist his head. Yeah, he's just gonna snap his neck. It's just yeah. like it's just um, it's just we kind of picked on like the initial ep- issues of this uh, or chapters of this story. I think. Roy Thomas totally stuck the landing on the ending because oh, not absolutely. only do you not only do you have this great fight scene, you have the whole thing with the Spectre, you have the epic shot on page twenty of the Freedom Fighter standing there, you know Sam picking his hat up and putting it on, you know he's ready, you know th- they've got a tough row to hoe because the Nazis are winning in that Earth and they continue to win through the course of World War Two, mm-hmm. so it's a it's it's pretty. Um, it's pretty epic. The the ending, you know, the last couple pages is just, you know, outside of Johnny and Liberty Bell kissing and, you know, the Spectre speechifying right there at the end. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, we got to wrap things up. And <laughs> there's, there's something humorous and touching about them all looking off into the distance and the image of the red bee waving at them from beyond the grave is I don't know part of me is like oh and part of me is like that's kind of silly I don't think he's so much waving at them as he's going um you're not really going to leave my body on earth x are you <laughs> guys hey, guys cuz that so, that was one of my my disturbing thoughts on this at the very end of this is I, I they do just leave him there don't they um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even get a, a a burial or anything. That's that's kind of it's kind of morbid. 
Alrighty, so, with all that out of the way, we are going to cover the ads, which are the same in this issue and in the Infinity Incorporated, so... Um, I think you know, they're actually, a lot of them are the same as the ones from last uh, last issue, too, aren't they? Well, you got the Superpowers ad on the inside cover. I won't bore everybody with my slavish <laughs> love of, of that series. Uh, I really wish I had a full run. Uh, we got the fun for everyone from Oreo and Newton's Cookies thing, where apparently you can get some really crappy prizes. <laughs> Ooh, look, a digital watch. Ooh. Well, I guess it was the 80s, and that was like the rage. So. <laughs> um, got. <laughs> I always love the Remco ads. <laughs> Enter the lost world of Warlord, where every body type is the same. We just replace the heads and give them different costumes. Available at participating... They weren't sold anywhere but Kmart, were they? I never saw them anywhere but Kmart. They were always at, like, the uh, end caps at the registers. <laughs> they must have paid them, like, a lot of money for that, too. That Knowing Demos. now what I know about retail. Demos is just disturbing looking, dude. He, he looks like... He looks like a dwarf member of, like, the village people or something. (laughs) That's just not... Oh. That's going to give me freaking nightmares now. Ah, you'll be fine. Now, they advertise full two-page middle-of-the-book advertisement for the book that I'm holding in my hand. And for Blue Devil number two. Yeah. Ooh, I love Blue Devil. I like That's a cool one. subscription ad. I mean, mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, it is nice. Use this page or make a copy. The more you buy, the more you save. I guess they were pretty much aware at this point that some people didn't want to cut up their comics. Right. Got that Saga of the Swamp thing ad where it looks like Abigail is trying to hide her breasts from Swamp <laughs> Don't um, touch the boobies! <laughs> that it does kind of what it looks like. Um... <laughs> Superpowers ad, the miniseries that shakes the cosmos. By Jack Kirby, Joey Cavalieri, Adrian Gonzalez, and Pablo Marcus. Not a really good series. Yeah, it shakes the cosmos. Is, that's like just another way to say say uh, stinks up the room, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't think much of that, i got to be honest. It's really funny. I was listening to... Um, our friends over at the Fire and Water podcast, Rob and Shag, and they did their second episode covering, like, the Superpowers line of toys, and they were talking about this miniseries, and they made a really good point, and, uh, that I'm going to now steal from them, that Superpowers was a great toy line that had kind of a sucky comic book tie-in, whereas Secret Wars had, you know, a, a, a... kind of you know like a better comic but those toys were awful so it's just kind of how dc <laughs> and marvel flip-flopped in the uh, in the 80s uh add in the letters pages for the next issue of all-star squadron which has captain marvel beating on superman mm-hmm. and uh the next issue of infinity incorporated i guess this came out i guess infinity incorporated came out before this issue so that make that kind of makes sense because it says and while you're waiting um, <laughs> what are your memories of Moon Patrol on Atari? Uh, I 
think I played the arcade game. I don't think I ever played the Atari version of it. I, I honestly don't remember that game at all. I like the ad, though. It's weird. And apparently this guy went to the moon all by his lonesome, which is, hey, you know, more power to you. Well, it was the 80s. We, we had some things figured out by then. <laughs> um, we have a Meanwhile column where Dick Giordano breaks down all of the annuals that are coming out that year, including the Firestorm annual, the All-Star Squadron annual, which we'll be covering down the road. They have the Star Trek movie special. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be, what, three? Let's see. This is, what, 1984? Yes. That would have been, yeah, that would have been three. Yep. Covered on, I believe, Two True Freaks. Oh, yeah. Star Trek Monthly Monday. Definitely, yep. And you have the DC Comics Presents Annual, uh, which has art by Gil Kane, plot by Roy Thomas, dialogue by Joey Cavalieri, with one magic word where Dr. Savannah gets the powers of Shazam. Yeah. And he goes from being Captain Savannah to Major Savannah to General Savannah <laughs> uh, through the course of the issue. So, And on the very back cover, Sports Now magazine. I hope they paid a lot for that. <laughs> Otherwise, it's extremely disappointing. Stick it to them. One other thing I wanted to mention uh, before we wrap this episode up, which uh, we're heading towards the end of, is in the last episode, which was recorded some time ago, we talked about the fact that the second volume of the Infinity Incorporated trades were coming out. Uh, That never happened. Uh, It was one of those things where they solicit a trade, and sometimes if they don't get enough orders, they don't print it. Uh, so it's still on Amazon, it just never got released, which is kind of too bad, because that's when the story really picked up. Uh, because, as it stands, the trade ends with the issue we'll be covering next time. Oh, really? Yes. The Ooh, first that's a, that's a rough spot to end that story at. <laughs> However, uh, one of the things we have been bemoaning uh, from the start of All-Star Squadron is that it has never been reprinted in a trade paperback form. Well, in the interim of us being gone, a couple of different trades have managed to come out. One was the All-Star Comics, uh, the Showcase All-Star Comics, uh, which reprints basically everything from those two trades that came out a couple years ago and everything we covered on the first, like, I, I don't even know how many episodes of the series, but it's all of them in one place for twenty bucks, uh, all in black and white, which would look pretty cool because the the of the pencilers involved. Mm-hmm. Also, the All Star Squadron showcase has come out in the uh, meantime, so you have the first eighteen issues of that series. Wow. Uh, with the annual number one and the Justice League of America 193 insert, of course. Now, there's only one problem with that. What it doesn't reprint, which are the Justice League issues that cross over with the Crisis on Earth Prime story. What? Not in there. Are they in a separate trade? Now, well, it's funny you mention that, because some time ago they solicited the next volume of the Crisis on Multiple Earths line. Right. And that's where they've been reprinting the JLA-JSA meetups from 
from the beginning to the end, basically. And in the initial solicitation, they left out the All-Star Squadron issues. And that kind of irked me. I'm like, really? You're going to leave those out? That Those are kind of important. I mean, maybe not the first one, but, you know, the, you know, the second one at least. They have since gone back and re-solicited it with the All-Star Squadron issues in there. And that comes out in June of this year. Awesome. So, which really is just great because it's nice to have the whole thing together. But if you've never read these and you haven't tracked them down illegally and you haven't managed to find them in a 50 cent bin, I, I really suggest picking up the, the, the showcase. Go to the two true freaks page, hit the amazon.com button, go there. I mean, you can get this thing for like 10 bucks in most cases. It's $10 for 18 comics. Uh, yes, it's black and white, but, you know, you've got Rick Buckler and then Adrian Gonzalez artwork. What are you complaining about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously, that stuff's beautiful. Especially the Rick Buckler, the Rich Buckler stuff. Yes. So, there there are, and the first Infinity Incorporated trade is still out there. I mean, it's really great that they're starting to put this stuff into the collected edition format, because that's how a lot of people who are not familiar with older books are managing to catch up. Right. Now, I, I'm going to be excited when they dump all of these onto Comixology. And you can get them all digitally. Really waiting for that day to happen. Uh, I'm hoping that they're working on it. I'm sure they have to do some kind of legal mumbo-jumbo for the reprints and everything. Uh, right. About the contracts were written at the time. But no, seriously... Uh, usually we, we we end the episode by saying this episode this th- this issue has never been reprinted and in this case yeah this one hasn't but you now have options people uh, so I, I cannot recommend uh, um, apologies to the late Joe Kubert unfortunately it is a Joe Kubert cover on the um, on the showcase I kind of would have preferred the cover to the insert. From Justice League of America, that was done by yeah. Butler and uh, Ordway. Either what? either that or the or the one to uh, to uh, All Star Squadron number one by, uh, Which I- by or the alternative. There was another one that he drew that they never used. Remember, it was an unreleased one. That's mm-hmm. that's much the same thing of them pouring through photographs. That would have been a good one to use too. If a recent interview I read with Roy Thomas about his time at DC Comics, uh, if I'm remembering it correctly. That was Rich Buckler's favorite cover ever. Wow. Uh, and, and I know it's one of Roy Thomas's. Uh, and I can see why, because it's amazing. You've reached the end to another amazing episode of Tales of the Justice Society of America. You can find this show, as well as an entire slew of other awesome podcasts on a wide variety of geek-related subjects, from giant monsters to time lords to movie commentaries to fangirl interests at www.twotruefreaks.com. There you can hear Scott on such shows as Star Wars Monthly Monday, Star Trek Monthly Monday, Comics Monthly Monday, and occasionally Back to the Bins. Mike is on Comics Monthly Monday as well as hosting or co-hosting a few shows himself, like Views from the Long Box, which can be found at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com, and From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, 
which can be found at www.fortressofbailytube.com. Scott and Mike have gigantic egos. They love to hear themselves talk. More importantly, at least according to their publicist, they want to hear from you. So you can reach the guys by writing to talesofthejsa at gmail.com. Would you like to sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks network shows? Simply head on over to www.twotruefreaks.com. Click the PayPal link, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode. With your message read in the show's opener, it's that easy. And there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. You can also support this show and the Two True Freaks Network as a whole when you shop on Amazon. Again, simply head on over to www.twotruefreaks.com and click on the Amazon link. There is no additional charge to your purchase, and a portion of that will get kicked to the network. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Thank you for listening and come back next time for another exciting episode of the tales of the Justice Society of America.